Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Hello. So I am continuing our series, going through each Enneagram type in detail. So today I'm going to run through a description of type four, their motivations, fears, worldview, and more. And I'll also give you some common mistypes for that type. Today, we are discussing the type four, the individualist. Now, before we jump in, let me tell you a little bit about Skillshare. This is an online platform dedicated to workshops on any topic you could think of. Like I have taken classes in Facebook ads, watercolor painting, bullet journaling, Instagram, and so much more. And they've given me a code for you to get two months totally free. Yeah, 100% free. So the link to your free months are in the show notes. Do not miss it. Skillshare is so much fun. It's an easy app. You can just keep on your phone and learn anything at your fingertips. Such a blast. Now let's dive in to type four. So the motivation for type four is to find an identity, to discover their personal significance, and their fear is not having a personal significance. Type fours are deep, expressive, and nostalgic. They often felt rejected by or different than their family of origin. This created a deep desire in the four to not only be understood, but to also find their personal significance. Type fours tend to orient in the world with an awareness of what is missing. They see themselves as fundamentally flawed and often turn that internal experience into an external representation of being different or unique. Fours walk through the world with the belief that there is something that everyone else seems to have, but that they don't possess. The target for this may change from gumption to work ethic to charisma to anything else under the sun. Through this belief, they may find themselves feeling easily defeated. There could be a why try if I'm only going to mess it up anyway kind of approach to things. On the flip side of this, though, type fours are emotionally in tune, aesthetically gifted, authentic, romantic, idealistic, and they have this beautiful ability to see the world as living art. Now, fours are in the feeling or the shame triad, which means they spend some time aware of how they are being perceived. It's important for type fours to be perceived exactly as they perceive themselves. They want to be understood and the nuance of who they are. Fours struggle with envy, the feeling that everyone else has something that they need in order to be full or complete. So they might watch people living their lives and think, well, I would be that happy if I only had blank, you know, seeking external things to fill the void that they feel inside and assuming that the reason other people are happy, successful, fulfilled is because they have some kind of external difference than they have. It's important for fours to see themselves as interesting, unique, authentic, and special. They orient in the world with the burden that something is missing in their life while others seem to have whatever that thing is, that they must search for and cultivate their true identity, and that their feelings are one with who they are. Because of this, they spend a lot of their energy focused on expressing themselves authentically, staying in tune with their emotions, seeking out what has meaning, depth, and beauty. In relationships, fours may find themselves hearing or being fearful of hearing that they are quote-unquote too much. The intensity of emotions that fours are comfortable with can be a bit overwhelming for types that are less in tune with their emotions. They will find it helpful to focus on facts instead of the story, 
because it can be easy for fours to apply feelings to a situation in order to indulge their emotions that aren't 100% in line with the experience of others or that others are having. Type fours may be tempted to focus on the negative feedback they receive and ignore or forget the positive, making them feel like they are only ever receiving negative comments. So let's talk a little bit about the lines. So in a rest, a type four moves to type one. At the high end of this, it can look like adding in healthy routines, structures, and a strong moral compass to their everyday life. In stress, they move to type two. So a few indicators that the four might be stressed out is they may be feeling victimized. They may have kind of like a martyr syndrome coming up. They may experience a fear of abandonment. They may find themselves being overly helpful in order to get their unspoken needs met. Now to prevent or recover from stress, they can really use the high end of two intentionally. So focus on others on a regular basis. Ask questions about how the others feel and what they need. Practice positive thinking and ask yourself if this is something that you can let go of. There are two wings available for type four. There are three and five. So when the three wing is dominant, you might find that they balance their inner world with the ability to effectively produce work into the world. So they express themselves in ways that inspire others and may be performative instead of connective. This is kind of the type that has a lot of introspection, a lot of internal experiences. They're, you know, they're ruminating on, reflecting on, and then they create things, put them out into the world to kind of make it feel a little bit easier for someone else who might go through a similar or same experience. Now, when the five wing is dominant, you might find that their thinking connects with the feeling. They may over-intellectualize in the same way that they may over-dramatize. They feel marginalized and alien and a little bit more likely to withdraw and isolate than the four-wing three would be. So again, there are three subtypes for every Enneagram number. So the subtypes of four, our self-preservation four is the counter type. So that means that their behavior might look different than the internal experience of a four. So they are more likely to be long-suffering. They want to be recognized for being tough, being willing and able to live in pain. They will take pain without flinching. They tend to be very self-sacrificing and can look a bit like a one or a seven. This is the, the happy four. When people say, like, I feel like a four, but I'm not sad all the time, you might be a self-preservation four. And it's also worth noting that all fours are not sad all the time. Fours are just comfortable with the state of their emotions and are honest about the way that they currently feel. The sexual four is vocal about their needs. They're a little bit more shameless than shameful. They can be a bit demanding and competitive as they try to prove that they are better than others as kind of a way to compensate for feeling like they are less than. And there's a little bit of a cycle of anger and rejection. You know, they get angry and then people push them away and then that causes anger, which causes more rejection. This one can look a little bit more like a three or an eight. And then we have our social four, which is kind of like the truest center of a four. It's the gentle truth teller, their critical commentator. They are emotionally sensitive and they find comfort in suffering. It's really important to the social four to be understood. And they may find themselves focusing on their inferiority. They really compare themselves to other people and that can fuel a lot of envy and a lot of shame. So we've kind of run through the basic introduction to the types. I want to break down a few of the common mistypes for you. So a lot of times people can confuse type 2 and type 4. The similarities here is that they're both feeling types, they're both image-focused, and they both put a heavy focus on their relationships. But 
the difference is, is that twos tend to pursue others and engage with them, whereas fours are more withdrawing while hoping others will pursue them. Twos are very aware of how others feel, but not as much about how they feel, while fours are primarily attuned to their own emotional states and cannot quite recognize how that impacts others. Another common mistype is type six. So some similarities here is that they both can be um, on the pessimistic side and they both can hold like a level of disappointment with themselves. Now, the big key difference here is that fours hold disappointment for feeling like they aren't living up to their potential, while sixes feel disappointed in themselves for potentially letting down their authority figures. Fours are less attuned to the needs and expectations of others than sixes, who are usually very involved in a close family or a friend group. And sixes also usually form community pretty easily, while fours tend to struggle in this area. We have type five, which is pretty common mistype for especially four-wing fives and five-wing fours. They're both withdrawn types. They're both individualistic. They're both eccentric and highly creative and original. Though the differences are that fives are more likely to mistype as fours than vice versa, primarily because of simplistic definitions of the type. Like some fives have learned that fours are more feeling-oriented and fives are a little bit more intellectual. And so they see that they have deep feelings and kind of assume that they must be fours. The other side of this is that, you know, they both have this desire to create, but fives tend to be more concerned with their inner ickiness as well as like fantastical creation, right? They're a little bit more like sci-fi oriented and magic oriented, while fours tend to focus on like their past disappointments and their creations tend to be a little bit more autobiographical. Like, here's what I experienced. Here's what I see. Here's what has happened to me. A little bit more um, revealing in terms of like their own personal vulnerabilities, whereas fives tend to be a little bit more intellectual in the way that they create, a little bit more removed and fantastical. And finally, we have type nine. The similarities between type four and nine are that they're both withdrawing types. You know, when you think about the surface level behaviors, a lot of times you can think about fours as being calm, appreciating beauty, and then being creative. So when a nine might hear the behaviors described like that and they see that in themselves, they might identify as a four. But the big difference here is that average to unhealthy nines tune out of any unpleasantness by kind of disassociating by it from with whatever upsets them. Where fours kind of do the opposite of that, right? Like they tend to indulge their anxieties and attempts to come to terms with them. They're not really detached from their emotions at all, whereas a nine would really prefer to remove themselves from the feeling that they're having so that they can remain calm and at peace. So that is our breakdown of type four. I hope that this is helpful for you. We're going to go more in depth on a couple of those mistypes that I mentioned in future episodes, but for now, I hope you enjoy it. If you like today's episode, as always, please consider leaving a rating or review in iTunes. That's how I get this podcast to more amazing listeners just like you. It really does mean a lot when you guys leave reviews. It is the major way that we get our podcast out to people. So if you have a second, if you can spare a few minutes, go in, pop a review in there. It means the world to me. Thank you guys so much for being here and I will see you in the next episode.